YouTubes. Check one, two, one, two. Give us a thumbs up. Check, check, check. There we go. All right, we good? Casey? Yes, sir, we're good. All right, good job, buddy. Hoodstocks Podcast is brought to you by looking for some good quality cannabis. I mean, killer quality cannabis. Hit up the folks at Killer Kush. They specialize in bringing you the best quality available from OG to exotic. They got it all, baby. Hit them up at KillerKushCali at gmail.com or follow them on IG at KillerKush underscore underscore 420. And that's how you can find their nearest location. And if you're in the city of East Los Angeles, yes, sir, East LA Exotics, they are located at 6009 East Olympic Boulevard. This podcast is also brought to you by Gutter Phenom. Gutter Phenom is a lifestyle brand that is dedicated to supporting and inspiring individuals who are determined to achieve their dreams. We believe that no matter where you come from and what you've been through with hard work and dedication, anything is possible. A portion of our proceeds are donated to organizations that provide vocational training for parolees and scholarships and for those in need of drug and alcohol treatment. Visit gutterphenom.com and use exclusive code hoodstocks20 to receive 20% off your order today. This podcast is also brought to you by Apish OG. Follow them on Instagram at Apish underscore OG and you can pull up on them in the city of Maywood at OG Nation. Come get your flowers, edibles, one-stop shop for all your needs, baby. Let's go. Casey, is it game time, baby? It's game time. Well, let's hit this shit. Let's go, doggy. Yeah. Welcome to Hoodstocks on a Sunday evening. Like, subscribe. Feels good to be back. Let's go, baby. Got a blockbuster for you. Netflix special, baby. Let's go. See everybody tapping in, man. I apologize. We had some uh, technical difficulties, and uh, luckily we were able to figure that out real quick. Okay, well, this is a very anticipated uh, guest, a very anticipated podcast. It feels good to be back. I guarantee you guys, man, this is going to be like nothing else that we've ever done on this platform, right? Nothing we've ever done. From the streets to the professional world, we, re- we represent nothing but the big dogs. You guys know this, right? The King Kong of courtrooms, the destroyers of DAs, and the defender of downtrodden. Everybody, give it up for Doug Sherrod. That's a good intro. Yeah, I, you know, I just pulled it out of thin air, You baby. sure did. I think the man was trying to keep us quiet there a minute ago. 
the feds <laughs> interfering with the with the uh, the sound here. You know, you never know, bro. And you and don't. You never know. The criminal world thinks like that. Sure, probably because it's true. Was that crossing your mind right now? Obviously, well, it did, right? Look, I mean, we're kidding around a little bit, but I think uh, it's clear at this point that uh, the government does a lot more surveillance, a lot more um, interference in in uh, in what's going on in American lives than we had thought before. Um, and I think this is coming to the fore now. So um, it's interesting. Things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Things are changing. Do you mind, brother, talking in yeah. front of that mic you right bet. there? You bet. So it's not on top, it's on the front. Right. That's where the diaphragm is of that you microphone bet. right sure. there. So, I mean, the criminal world, we always think when something's going wrong right that, or when you're talking to somebody on the phone, all of a sudden the call drops out of thin freaking air, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like, damn, the feds are listening to me. And, uh, you know, they are, bro. They are. You know, just like uh, Instagram. You know, one time I was at lunch and I had a, a random bag of chips that I never eat. I've told this story before. And I was looking at these chips. I was like, but these are some good fucking chips, right? I need to buy some more of these chips because I never buy the chips. It wasn't Doritos. It wasn't Funyuns. It wasn't Hot Cheetos. It was some other shit. And all of a sudden, mm. on my Instagram feed, yep. an ad popped up for the exact chips sitting in my lap. And I, mind you, I'm sitting in a car, my car, having my lunch. Yep. And everybody you talk to at this point has had that same experience, that you mention a subject, uh, you don't Google it, you don't look it up on any kind of social media, but an ad will pop up, uh, which the only thing you can conclude there is that we're being listened to and that the ads are targeting what we're saying. And that's a fact. You know, you can't you can't get around that at this point. So. It's happening, um, and I think it's up to us to decide whether or not we're going to uh, put up with that or ask for some changes uh, in the government. So that's where we're at now, though. I mean, when, we, when, we, when you're talking about changes, I think we are just uh, changes in the technology world, our, our privacy is probably what you're talking about, correct? Yeah, that, that we own our searches, that we own our own data, because right now, uh, you know, they own it. If you if you jump on Google and do some stuff, they own your search. They own everything and they can do whatever they want with it. And they do. And, and it's a trade off because we get things for that. We get the search service or we get whatever it is they're offering. Uh, but at the same time, they're doing stuff with your data that maybe you wouldn't necessarily want to agree to. So there's sort of a balance we have to find. I don't know where it is, but we're in the process of, of trying to figure that out now. I think everything across the board is elevating, right? That's easy. That's yep. safe to say, right? A, a five-year-old can say that. We can see that. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, like, you know, with the feds and criminals, too. Like, whatever happened to just fucking robbing a liquor store, you know, getting a couple bucks, a beer, some batteries, some cigarettes, you take the food stamps, well, back when they had food stamps, right? Um, but now, bro, I got a text message last year, and it told me something about, I was on uh, disability at the time, and it said, hey, click this link, and your disability check is ready to come, you know? And I was like a dumbass, bro. I was like, okay, cool. So I clicked it. I, and I thought it was the webs, the, the, the disability thing, like a dumbass, bro. Hey, you know, they got me, dog, you know. And I put my passcode in it, bro. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, my disability check never came. Instead, yeah. it was getting spent in fucking Oklahoma at a Walmart, mm -hmm. $700 on some motherfucking yeah. shit. Yeah, you see that more and more now. And, and where you really see that uh, targeted is with uh, elderly people. 
who have less of a sense of what's going on with their money or what's going on with the latest scams, and so these people target them, and, and really effectively. That's why they go after them specifically. And so um, prosecutors' offices across the country are trying to focus on that, and at the same time in media you see a campaign to warn the elderly, listen, if, a, if something pops up and you don't recognize what it is, don't click on it. And certainly don't put your password in and certainly don't send them money. But, you know, not everyone hears it. Not everybody is going to understand that. And, yeah, it's a it's a pervasive thing right now. You know, Doug, where I come from, bro, where there's rules to the streets and there's rules as a criminal. Yeah. Well, right. Once upon a time ago came from and lived. Right. I'm a different person now. The man in front of you. But there's rules, bro. You know, you don't fucking steal from an elderly woman yeah. or man. You're going to fucking hell. And if we find out, we're going to beat the shit out your dumb ass. Right. Yeah. Um, Honor it, among thieves. Yeah. Right? It, it, and that's not the case anymore. Definitely not. I mean, you have organized crime now that gets in on this. And again, specifically targeting uh, disabled and elderly and whatever, you know, whatever they feel is the easiest mark. That's what they go for. Yeah. So, so Doug, let's get let's let's just fucking just dive off the deep end. Let's you know, do it. uh, it's the deep end for me, and it's probably shallow water for you, bro. Because you you a big dog. I mean, I love it when you know we have street dudes here, and it just feels really amazing when I can have a very uh, you know a professional, mm. you know, a, a person of your stature that's that's done it the right way and as you know you educated yourself you're well dressed brother you know what i mean if i seen you i wouldn't know who the what the fuck i would think you're a movie star bro you look like a movie star bro <laughs> i appreciate it wish i was you almost look like the governor does gavin he almost Newsom? does he almost look oh, like gavin yeah, Newsom no. or am i tripping bro no. i don't know if that's a good thing <laughs> am i tripping right now that just popped in my head right i'm like who oh, the fuck man. is this dude reminding me of right now anyways brother i mean yeah. you, you look you look sharp dressed brother and, no, I, I and, and it, it feels good to, to have someone of your stature in in here brother but so not only were you are you a you are now a criminal yeah. defense lawyer for the downtrodden, I had to look that word up. That's right. Um, but you, once upon a time ago, you used to work for the U.S. What is it called? Yeah, so I started out at the U.S. Attorney's Office. That's the the feds. The feds. The federal prosecutors. That was in San Diego during law school. And then uh, after law school, I got hired by the DA's office up here in L.A. And uh, that's where you want to be if you're going to be a, a prosecutor, because uh, you become a prosecutor for multiple reasons. You want to, you know, do good things, put bad people away. Um, but you also want to do a lot of trial work. You want to be in front of a jury and learn that. That's a whole thing in and of itself to learn how to communicate to a jury. And the DA's office is where you do that. And so uh, that's where I went next. And then uh, I was there for eight years. And then I left, and now I'm a defense attorney and civil litigation and a bunch of other stuff, but primarily uh, criminal defense. Yeah. So how is it going from one side of the fence to the other side yeah. of the fence, so to speak? Now you're representing these fucking assholes, and once upon a time ago you were potentially I, trying to put them in jail. Yeah, you know, it, it's a great question because um, you see things from both sides of the street now. When you're a prosecutor... All you see is what's charged, and that's the bad guy, and you're going to get him, right? And there's this, also this, for better or for worse, and I think you can make the argument for worse, you want to win. There's a sense among prosecutors that they want to win. 
Um, rather than, the, I think the correct attitude should be, I'm going to do whatever the right thing to do in this case is. And if I get the sense here that the guy that's charged with the crime maybe didn't do the crime, if there's a doubt in my mind, then then what a prosecutor should do is say, I'm out. I'm done. Uh, you, sir, are going home tonight. But the problem is in a prosecutor's office, you it, it becomes a game. Uh, you want to win the game. And I'm going to win. I'm going to win this trial. I'm going to win this case. Um, and uh, I think outcomes... When, when you gamify things like that, when it's not a sense of what's the right thing to do here. But well, the evidence no longer matters. Is that safe to say? Well, I, I, think, I think that's fair to say, yeah. It, or, or, or at least you're going to make the evidence look like what you need it to look like. Um, and in my case, that, that came to a head in year eight. And they, um, the, I had an attempted murder case. Um, and um, there was a shooting. Nobody was shot and killed, but they were shot at. Um, the police arrested a particular individual. The uh, prosecution gets going. Um, one of the statements made was by a female who said she heard this guy say, I'm going to get that guy. I'm going to shoot that guy. So I get the case, and we're preparing for trial, and I'm reading his transcript. Um, there's something called a preliminary hearing. You've, you've probably seen those. It's, it's a, a preliminary phase in a criminal prosecution where the government has to show what they got so there's enough proof to send the case forward. So the victim, the shooting victim, who'd identified the defendant, says that's the guy. It was dark. It was multiple individuals, and so I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, I don't know how he could have made that identification. The female who said she heard the defendant say, I'm going to get that guy, I called her up. I said, uh, you said that, right? She goes, yeah, but I, I was lying. I said, what? She said, uh, well, I was dating him, and he cheated on me, and, uh, and I hate that guy, and in the moment, I said that to get him. But, uh, but I'm telling you, he didn't really say that. So I call up the, uh, the lead detective, LAPD. And we can talk about this, but my experience uh, in general, in general in Los Angeles is that the police are professional. I'm not saying there's not bad apples out there, but I'm telling you I ran into very few examples on either side, defense or prosecution. So I called this guy up and I said, uh, what do you think about this? Because I kind of have doubts that this is the right guy. And he said, me too. He said, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. And uh, I said, well, I think we got to dump it. He goes, yeah. Um, the guy was also charged with he, he, some drugs on him, sales, drug sales. I said, why don't we just have him plead out to the drug sales and get rid of the attempted murder? Okay. So I go to my bosses and I explain the situation to them. And what I thought they would do is they would say, all right, well, yeah, dump the attempted murder. He can plead out to the drugs and he can go home. And they said, no. I said, what do you mean? No. They said, well, we've reviewed it and we think there's enough to go forward. I said, OK, you think there's enough to go forward. I get that. But there's not enough for us to say this is the guy and we know that he did it, and we're going to take that in front of a jury. And they said, um, they said, well, we're ordering you to do that. And I said, I'm not going to do it. 
And so I wrote a memo explaining, you know, my position. And I sent it to the defense attorney because I felt he had a right to know what I know. And now, as a criminal defense attorney, I would expect a prosecutor to do the same thing for me. If he knew something like this, he better tell me. So I sent it to him, and it was a shitstorm. Uh, the whole thing blew up. They took the case from me. They reassigned it to another DA, and uh, they kind of torched me. They wrote me up on it. And prior to that, I had had super you, – you get evaluated every six months. And I'd gotten promoted as soon as I was eligible to be promoted. You know, stats, I, I almost never lost anything. Um, but after that, they were like, well, you know, he was insubordinate, this, that, and the other. And it was at that point I said, you know what, I'm on the wrong side. I am on the wrong side of this. Because I'd always told myself if it came to the day – where uh, I was asked to do something that I knew was not the right thing to do as a prosecutor. You got a special power as a prosecutor, I'm out. And I think uh, it was within two months I was out. That was it. So that's how I left the DAs. Um, And I'm happy about it. I mean, I never ever did anything in that office as a prosecutor with that power that uh, causes me to lose sleep at night. I always did what I felt was the right thing, the fair thing. And I'll tell you this, most of the DAs in there are like that. You know, I, I think there's some questionable, you know, uh, individuals. But uh, for the most part, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, but that was my story, and that was why I came to the other side. And, and uh, you know, at this point, um, really glad I did. When you yeah. do something like that, Mr. Doug Sheridan, when you do something like that, does that put you on bad terms with the other side? Like you kind of get a bad name. People are talking about you like, you know, girls freaking locker room. I mean, how does that work? The, the politics of that in within the D.A.'s office. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You're not a team player. Right yeah. uh, now. Look, the people that knew me and it's not a it's not a huge office. I think at the time we had maybe 900 prosecutors and, and over eight years I'd gotten to know a lot of them. And they knew what I was about. You know, I was I was a trial attorney. I was aggressive. Um, but they knew that I was a no bullshit kind of guy and that, uh, you know, that I wasn't somebody who that would ever do somebody dirty. But, yes, especially among management, there's this feeling that uh, you're not a team player. You know, you, you are there to put people away. And you're not there to ask too many questions. When it comes to a position like that, is it salary? I mean, do we have, is there uh, bonuses when you close a case? Uh, you know, hey, we got, you. you I, we ex- I executed that guy. Oh, shit, you get the fucking cupcake too. You know, I mean, stupid, yeah. right? But anyways, is there is there bonuses or is it just a straight salary, win or lose? I mean, there's obviously being a score being taken. Yep. There is. And so within the office, your kind of currency, how you're evaluated primarily is your win-loss record. How many wins have you gotten at trial and how many losses? Um, And so, no, there is no bonus. If you win, you know, all the time, you're not getting bonused. However, you're probably going to get promoted quicker. So indirectly, you could say, yeah, maybe there is a bonus. Uh, uh, you're, you're rewarded for being a more effective prosecutor. And um, more effective in the sense of? Winning. 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 You, yeah. you, you, and, and, and uh, you know, every unit that you're in outside the, the manager's door, there's a sheet. 
And on that sheet is the trial results from everybody that month. It's there for everybody to see. So when you when you lose, it goes up there and everybody's looking at that. Everybody from other hallways comes down, see who's winning, who's losing. So yeah, there's a real incentive yeah, to 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 win. Yeah. Um, Especially when your colleagues are right there looking at the the, the win and the lose board. Right. Like, damn, this dude lost again, yeah. man. And you know, it, but I mean, I would think that the normal person person would look at it and be like, well, he's just, you know, probably getting some weak cases maybe, you know, but I get it. It's competition and it's stats and it's just probably it like sports, bro. Basketball, baseball, football, you know yep. what I mean? What's your stats, baby? You yeah. know, what's your rating? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you see this in the news, uh, especially with the feds. Every once in a while, you'll have a, a case show up in the news where it became clear that uh, the FBI or the assistant U.S. attorney didn't want to turn over something that really they should have turned over. And and why would that be? Well, there's only one reason, because it it increases the chance that maybe they don't win that case, you know, and, and somehow we have to take that out of prosecution. We and and, and this is being recognized now. Um, this is I, I they are trying to address this. Uh, more so than they used to. When I first started 15 years ago, no one gave a shit about all this. You go in there, you do what we tell you to do, and you go win. So we did, you know. Um, but uh, I think society has, has changed to the point now where um, these issues are considered important now. And these issues have been recognized that so many, you know, we see uh, people who've gone to prison for life Convicted. A jury said, yep, we're convinced beyond a reasonable doubt you did it. Then a DNA test is done that hadn't been done, and it was someone else's DNA, you know? Um, these things happen, and... Um, it's a flawed system. It is. It's a flawed system because it's a human system, and there's emotions involved. There's... Uh, egos. Egos. <laughs> huge egos. Yeah. You know? I mean, you get... You get the wrong DA, you got a problem. Hundred percent. Yeah, you get the wrong federal prosecutor, you have a problem. And and it can be the simplest thing, like the dude's not getting no pussy. You know, he's not getting no pussy. He's in a <laughs> shitty ass mood. You know what I mean? Can, can you imagine being in the free world and being deprived of pussy when you yeah. love pussy? You know what I mean? You know, and then you gotta you gotta judge another man. You know, for you know being a pimp. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. You and know, he's like jealous. Yeah. I'm, Somewhere, he's, he's like, man, so fuck that bitch. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened somewhere. Yeah, but um, the, these are the things that I think are being addressed now uh, with criminal justice reform, and it's not easy because I think what you're seeing, you know, for example, in San Francisco, is a lot of people are on the streets that should not be on the streets, right? So there's there's a balance somewhere, and we're trying to find it. In the past, we went too far one way. You just you're going away. Now, I, I don't know, maybe we've, as a society, are, are we going too far the other way? I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but, but we're trying to figure that out, and it's a mess. And it's a mess, it's yeah. confusing, there's emotions involved, just like what we were talking about, top with egos, egos more. You know what, I want, uh, in the beginning, when we started, I referred to individuals as assholes. Well, I'm one of those assholes, but you know, I'm a changed asshole, but still an asshole, you know? It is what it is, right? You know, I live a good life. I abide by the law. I don't break no rules, bro. You know, I, once in a while, I might be have a little couple, too many drinks on me, and that's as far as it goes driving, right? But in your 40 years, brother, 
Um, did you ever think that you would be getting interviewed by one of the assholes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Hey, brother. I love it, brother. And you told us before we started, you said, you know what? I have been asked a bunch of times yeah. to do an interview. Yep. And you, I guess you said you watched the podcast and I you did. said, hey, I like that's what why it was. It was because I think you're a great interviewer. Yeah, I, I've always said no to any media interview, um, reality TV. They, they wanted to do a thing six or eight months ago. I said no, um, because in my view, you want the client to be the star. You want the case to be the star. You don't, you know, all these, in my opinion, everyone's got to do, you know, what they think they got to do. But these lawyers who walk around and they want to be the star, they want to say, hey, look at me, I'm, you know, out here doing this, that and the other. From my point of view, that's the wrong move. I think you want your lawyer to be in the background making stuff happen and not trying to be a, a, a media star. Being on TikTok or Instagram. I mean, do we know anyone that does that? Any lawyers? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody put a lawyer that think they does that on uh, they does that? <laughs> Get your English right, Lucky. Um, anyways, bro, that's, that's funny you say that. Uh, and, and look, I'm not hating on anyone. That's just my view. That's how I do things. And, it, you know, I know a lot of lawyers are big. I, I, I'm not on Instagram, TikTok, any any social media. I couldn't find you. Yeah, I'm not on there. Yeah, I, I even went to MySpace, bro. You weren't on there nothing, either. Nothing. I think it's for teenage girls. And, and that's, that's just, that's what works for me. And I'm, I'm not uh, disparaging attorneys who are big into that. But, but I think the better way to go is to make your client the star. Let's go, baby. Yeah. We got a we got a real lawyer up in here, baby. Yeah. We got a real lawyer in here. I think LA I mean if you're going to be a criminal and I hate to put it like this, but I feel like the the system is fair even though there has cats there's cats that have gotten the short end of the stick, right? Yep. But I think overall, I think if you get arrested in the city of Los Angeles, and you potentially didn't do it, you have a good chance of, of going home because they they will see that. I, I feel like that just with my personal experience, my personal experience. Yeah, well, uh, in theory, that's how it works. But, you know, I have a situation right now. Um, my client's driving, uh, and he looks at his phone while he's driving, and he crosses over the, the double yellow um, just briefly, comes back, and... Uh, a car was coming the other way and took offense to the fact that he had crossed over, flips a U-turn, is following my client now. Um, so follows him several blocks through turns, turning, my guy's trying to ditch him. So finally, my guy stops his car. This guy pulls in behind him, uh, high beams on him. My guy gets out. Uh, this guy starts revving his engine and my client sees that this guy is going to try to hit him. This is all on video, by the way. I should have brought it, I'd show it to you. It's all on video. This guy uh, revs his engine, comes at my guy. My guy grabs a gun from the floorboard and brings it up like this. The guy hits him, right? My guy goes flying, rolling, and as he's rolling, he fires off a couple shots. Not even at the guy. Never hit the guy's car, never hit him, but to let him know, like, dude, do not come back and try to finish this job off. My guy's the one charged with attempted murder. So that's an example where you would think if you were not 
the guilty party, the system would say, uh, oh, okay, well, you know, you, you didn't do anything wrong here. That isn't always, I wish it was that black and white, but it's not. So now I have to fight for this guy to get him out of this. They want to send him to prison for a long time. You know, so it is not always the case that if you did nothing wrong, which my position is he did nothing wrong, he defended himself from a guy who was trying to murder him, uh, that everything's going to be fine. You got to fight. You know, what do you think about the Cain Velasquez situation? You ever hear about that UFC fighter? Yeah, vaguely. I know about it. Um, yeah, there was a, a little bit of a, and, and you know, I get it, bro. I, I get it. Why? He, why he had to go to jail in the sense of remind me what he did exactly. So Cain Velasquez, I and I'll say it. I'll say it how I can remember it. He there was there was a, there was a, a man that sexually something in his family, yeah, immediate he, family. He chased him down or so something? So he, he knew who the dude was, and just like you said, he chases him down. Yeah. He's got a gun on him, bro. You know, I guess he's taking the law in his own hands. I mean, how would you feel representing a dude like that? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to, especially with a child molestation. Uh, that's that's the guy that we're going to protect. I mean, I won't even take those cases. You won't take them? No. Nah, there's. I, I, Let's go, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, bro, because it's going to fuck with you and God, bro. Uh, if you believe hey, in God, right. do you believe in God? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's, of course. It's going to fuck with you. I mean, that's how, that's the first thing that I can think of, bro. Yep. Besides you having to look at your fucking, look in the mirror and look at your yeah. fucking self every fucking day, bro. No. I think you have to draw a line and whatever you do in life, whether it's an attorney or, or anything you do in life, you have to draw that line of, of what you're not willing to lend your talent to, you know, and that was the line that I drew that I'm not going to. And again, I'm not disparaging attorneys who defend people. Everyone has the right to a defense. However, it's just not going to be me doing it. That's what I decided. You know, so, uh, but Cain Velasquez, it's, he didn't need that gun. I mean, that's one of the best fighters in history. Uh, Let's go. So. <laughs> I mean, but, it, it would have probably been so much more satisfying yeah, just to strangle to the dude. Him. Like, if I was in that situation, I don't want to use a gun. I don't nope. want to use a bat. I don't want brass knuckles. I don't want Aquanet hairspray with a lighter, bro. You know, <laughs> I, I want I want to put my hands on that bitch. Yeah. And let's let me ask you this, since we're kind of talking about this. Um, when it comes to, can you speak on the city of Los Angeles in a whole in regards to the judicial system? Sure. Okay. Um, when it comes to the, this section right here, are, are is the system light on pedophiles and predators? Are they light in sentencing, bro? Uh, no, um, not yet. Okay, so what you see nationally is a bit of a trend towards trying to uh, be more understanding of this issue as maybe a mental illness. I don't think that's going to go anywhere, but you do see that trend kind of creeping into the conversation these days. But in the state of California, you know, the, the reality is that people have this idea that California is super lenient and, you know, whatever. On the heavy stuff, California is as tough as any place in the country. Okay. And like on, murders? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, gun crime, although, you know, less so in L.A. lately. But um, on that kind of stuff, they don't mess around. Got you. At least not yet. So. Yeah. No, they're yeah. pretty. They, they know what they. And it's, it's Los Angeles, right? You know, you got a dude, petty theft. You got someone that's a potentially murdered this person. You know, what are we gonna what are we gonna put our energy towards? And I I, I think they they I don't I don't know I I'll leave that at that. Can you turn my mic on? Yeah, I'm sorry about that, dog. Go ahead, bro. 
Go ahead, Casey. And and how how does how is that a how is that a like a now with uh, Gascon? Do you feel like um, I mean he's pretty yeah. lenient, so he, he he's he's lenient on the things that I think benefit him to be lenient on, but he's a politician, and he knows that uh, the public is really against certain crimes like what we're talking about and so he's not he's not going to be lenient on that mm. i mean there's there's certain areas that if you have any hope of being reelected, you don't touch and that's one of them so um look we all see what he's trying to do which what is, is he bring, trying to do go he, ahead he, what, what what he would tell you if he was here is that he would say he's trying to bring more fairness into the criminal justice system and his team got at me that he's going to be here one day yeah, which this year. He'd, be, he'd be a great interview. You yeah, know? And, his team reached out to me. Is that crazy, bro? Good, good. Doug, sorry. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he, the tension here is, is he going too far? Right. In regards to letting lifers out? It, well, in, in regard to the whole spectrum. Like, um, you know, we, we all see the videos of uh, somebody naked... Uh, screaming standing on the hood of a car and we see that and we think why why is that person out like that person needs mental health help right um to me that's the linchpin of this whole thing that that it is the mental health crisis in this country that's sort of undergirding a lot of the crime and until until we get a hold on that it's just going to keep happening where you're going to be cycling people in and out of the system and you're not solving anything. Yeah, opposed know? to putting them in and giving them the freaking proper treatment opposed to a, a, a yard full of fucking animals that are all yeah. suffering from the same thing. Check it out, Doug. I am very transparent in my life and who the person I am. Why? Because if I wasn't, people know me from the streets and they're going to call me out and they're going to be like, bullshit. Um, bro, Doug, I'm sorry. I keep on calling you, bro. Doug, I couldn't get my life in order until I got my mental health in order because mm -hmm. I suffered from that. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and it was, it didn't, it, I believe that it was passed on through my family on both sides, you know, because I mean, they're from an era that they would never admit it, you know, but you know, as a grown man, I see it, you know, I got myself fixed. I wish they, anyways, I'm just saying like mental health is very, very important and a lot of us, and so just growing up like that from parents that stuff from that, it didn't help that I put drugs on top of it. You know, hard drugs yeah. at one point in my life. Which happens which is, a lot. Which just yep. really fucked it up. You, you got a dude that's suffering from mental health, whatever level, right? And then he's putting drugs on top of it, hard drugs. We talking about heroin, methamphetamine, crack cocaine, right? You know, like, man, that is just, and so so now we, now we got these guys that are repeat, uh, uh, criminals, you know, the repeat of, uh, offenders, um, and they're coming in out of the system, and we're just, like you said, we're recycling them, and it's not doing fucking nothing for them, yeah. you know, so we need to give them their proper help, but I, th I really think that even though Gascon and Gavin Newsom are doing what they're doing, and it's not really a great look in the normal world, right? The ones that never knew nothing about that life, mm -hmm. but I see it in a different lens, I think that it's it's really amazing because when we had Pete Wilson, bro, we were going to fucking doing life for a piece of fucking bubble yeah. gum, bro. You know, like shit, let us get a little bit of that back now. Yep. Yeah, let us be a little bit lenient because at one point it was fucking, it was hard. 
We were going to, we were doing life for a fucking stealing a pizza. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of dudes in there that, that done hard time because, man, this shit was tough. It was tight. You know, so a little now when I see leniency, whatever you want to call it, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You know, lifers coming home that potentially committed the worst act that you could ever commit as a human being in this world as a child, but now they're fucking 40 some years old. I mean, are they still that same person? And they're being let out of the system. How do you feel about lifers getting let out? It's tough. I mean, I look at things on a case by case, um, and I think it's it's difficult because um, what you have to do is you have to tell the victim's family. You have to say to them, uh, we're gonna let this guy out now, um, despite what he did to your son, daughter, husband, whatever. Um, and I think a lot of times that's a hard case to make, you know, but I agree with you that, that, uh, whatever you did when you were 18 and now you're 40, you're not the same guy. You're not the same person. And so, um, you know, the problem is we do have cases where they let somebody out and the person goes and kills somebody else, you know, that happens. So I don't know. I don't know how you screen people, how you make that assessment that this person is no longer. Well, they're making that assessment with board and how the how the individual, the inmate, the convict, whatever they want to label themselves, how they're doing in the system. Are they taking programs? Are they utilizing what the the, the state is giving them? You know, CDC are now. Um, And and so they're they're they, They I think they're doing it right, bro. You know, and they're they're letting they're letting dudes out. And we've had a ton of them on here. That have shared amazing stories, and and some yeah, of them I've wouldn't some. Some, some yep. of them wouldn't even touch a beer, and I'm like, come on, dog, welcome home, drink a beer, bro, and they're just like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm these dudes that I've had on here are changed dudes. Like yeah. this is coming from a street dude. Like I can call bullshit on some shit, even on my own people. Like we, you know, we do mm. good here. We judge, and that's just human nature, right? Like is this guy for reals? And the, I'll say like this: ninety eight percent. And I can't even think of who the two percent is, but I I got to give a little bit of that right there. Ninety eight percent of the dudes that have been on here are changed fucking lifers that are doing. They're out here and they're doing great things for the community and for themselves. Yeah, you know, to see. And I've watched uh, probably six or seven of your podcasts now, eight, eight, nine, um, including a couple of those. And to me, those are the most interesting. Because you can sense that change. Uh, you can sense that um, he's not going back to what he was. He's not who he was. You know, he's not the same guy. And uh, it's good to see. You, you know? know who we have here, Doug? We have solid individuals. They got out. Did their t- they, hey, yep. you did the crime. You did the time. And you didn't fucking snitch. We don't have no snitches on here, Doug. You know, we don't. We, we, we really, I really try to keep the, and, and it's not that I'm, Advocate. Well, yeah, I'm advocating for just, hey, if you're a fucking criminal and you know what you signed up for, then fucking handle that shit, bro. Yeah. You know, be a man and do what you got to do. Then get out and change your fucking life. Learn from what. And sometimes it may took a 20 year, 30 year stint in the system, you know, and but that's what it is. That's what you signed up for. But anyways, we have uh, nothing but solid individuals on here. We don't have people that have gone out backwards because at the same at the end of the day, we got to walk out to our cars right That's here. Right. And we in East Los Angeles, baby. You know what I mean? We, and we've been in the game for a cool little minute. I have. And so I understand what it is. 
I don't want to do a podcast and put my family at jeopardy and sh- shit like that. But anyways, it's just, it's a thin line sometimes. Yeah. It's a fine line walking the tightrope. We got the, the streets and we got the DA, the agencies and everything. So this podcast is really, uh, um, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a great, great, amazing, and, and I've been able to learn so much about myself and it's been thera- real, real therapeutic for me, brother. Yeah. Um, it's really helped me out personally. And I feel like we're doing a good thing, even though we say we're not, yeah, we're not promoting this stuff, but we having dudes on and we're promoting just like entrepreneurship, like change your life, do good. You can still be a gangster and do good. Like being a gangster, the definition is change. Being a father, providing for your kids, yeah. getting an education, like, bro, that's gangster, you know? Yeah. And But we're here in 2023, we're not in 93 no more, you know? So uh, times have changed. And um, I always just wanna kinda give you a little bit of this. No, you know? I appreciate it. I mean, like I said, I've watched a bunch of these and that's why I said yes. And this is how the changes we need start, you know? Local, within your own community, you know? And, oh. and your community on YouTube is growing. I think you have over 100,000 subscribers. I mean, this is how this is how you do it. From, right from, from what the world thinks as nobody's, but there's somebody's on the streets. There's somebody's in their personal lives, right? Yep. You don't ever wanna feel like, and, and yeah, so we did this with cats that didn't have Instagrams didn't have a car, yeah. you know? We oh, had yeah. to go We had to go pick him up in South Central at a fucking drug rehab or something. Or one got a car, home. remember? Then, oh, then we got went one dude, we were like, hey, this, this dude was like fucking in his 60s, out from doing a shitload of years, Doug. Mm. And, um, and we raised money for him to get a car right here. And, but that dude too is a, is a changed man. Like, yep. I, I'm telling you, like, I am very, very impressed that for one thing, California is letting these men out and these men deserve to be out. Sure. They just, and I'm Doug, no bullshit. I'm not here to like, I, I'm not here for no bullshit. No, I'm with you on this. Right? I mean, and you, I, I'm, you I'm telling time, you're not the same person, let them out. I'm good. But these dudes that I'm meeting personally, like they are fucking good dudes and their their head is like, yep. and, and I haven't heard not one of them fall off. Yep. You know, so I'm, I'm proud of those men. I'm proud of those men and, you know, keep on raising up. And for the kids that are listening, um, you learn from these stories of what not to do. And you mm-hmm. stay on the right path. You get a trade. You do all that good stuff. But let's get back to you, Doug. Let's could, get back to you. Can I and piggyback you... off that one? Yeah, please. So, um, Doug, how has uh, sentencing, like, uh, evolved to, to now? Well, uh, that's that's part of what uh, Gascon is doing and prosecutors nationwide. Um, less so at the federal level. Um, we can cuss on here? Yes. Yeah, all right. So Just don't talk about Casey's mom. It gets a little funny about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you, <laughs> you know, the, the, there's that term federally fucked. And uh, the idea being that when the feds file a case on you, you're fucked. Um, with the locals, it's much it's much different. Um, a lot of it depends with the DA's office who your DA is, what unit it's been assigned to, who your judge is. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of factors. But within the U.S. Attorney's office, none of that is is uh, really relevant. You are taking the ride. It, it's not to say that um, you can't beat it or minimize it, but you're taking the ride. Um, I had a lady. 
relatively recently down in San Diego. And the uh, cartel, she had a business down in Tijuana. Cartel comes to her and says, uh, hey, what do you think about bringing some cash down from California into Mexico? The idea being the cartel selling all these drugs up in uh, in Southern California, but they got to bring all that money down into Mexico. She says, okay. They say, uh, all right, meet us uh, at a particular warehouse, bring your car, and we're going to install the, the cash box. And so what she brings the car and what she didn't know is that they loaded up that car with about uh, 1.2 mil in cocaine. Oh. So she drives across the border thinking she's good. She's on her way to the meet to what she thinks is pick up the cash and uh, the dogs go crazy and she's arrested and a whole lot of cocaine. And, um, and so I, she had a federal defender when I took over the case and he wanted, uh, he wanted her to take seven years in federal prison. And so um, in this case, I spoke with the U.S. attorney. We had a couple meetings and I said, look, it's legit that she did not know about the cocaine. She thought she was going to bring cash across. It's a whole different thing. Much, it's, it's still serious, but not nearly as serious. And, uh, and he turned over to me. He was an honest prosecutor. He turned over to me some DEA confidential informant stuff saying that they knew that was going on that these people were being tricked. And so in that case, uh, we got her uh, a year down from seven. Wow. But um, so there are exceptions to the federal fucked rule. Uh, but in general, um, it, it's you have more to work with in a, in a county case. Yeah. Doug, if you had to do time, since you know both sides, if you had to do the time, you know, I know sometimes you being on the opposite side, you, sometimes you might think like, well, shit, what if that was me right there? Um, I mean, it's got to cross your mind at least once or twice. Oh, yeah? Um, if you had to do time, would you do it in the feds or would you do it in the state since you know both sides? I think I'd go fed. Feds? Yeah, I think I'd go fed. Why? Because uh, the, the prisons, I have a couple civil rights cases um, right now coming out of the state prisons, murders in the prison. And, you know, you've had a couple guests on, on your show talking about what goes on in the state prisons. And man, it's rough. And that's not to say federal prison is not rough. And I know some of the guys around have, have done time there. But it seems to me, based on talking to everybody uh, who's been in one or the other, that the state prison system in California, especially depending on which one you get sent to, Man, that's tough, you know. <laughs> yeah, real <laughs> it's, shit. It's tough. I've never done Fed time, but I just remember the you know the state time that I've done. You know, just speaking of just like judicial systems in different states, uh, I, I want to tell you this: that so w one night I went to Arizona and I partied way too hard, Doug. Mm. Fucking an animal, bro. You know. Yeah. You know there was females, there was mountains of drugs, bro. You know, and it was just like, and then there was. A dude there that got jealous because his female wanted to party with these guys right here. Long story short, I end up in the Arizona Department of Corrections. And that courtroom scared the shit out of me. Why? Because they just talk like robots. 
They were just there for one thing, like just to fucking hang motherfuckers. And I don't know if it's a state, because maybe it's a Republican type of state, a red state, cutthroat, don't fuck around, fuck these motherfuckers. But I, and so there was a lot of uh, natives in there because there's there's reservations in, yep. in Arizona. And so the, the, the information or the feedback that I get is that natives have a lot have a drinking problem. You know, so does everybody, right? But in just this particular uh, uh, situation, our incidents, uh, they have a drinking problem, and ADC was not fucking around. They were giving them 10 years for a second DUI. You know, 10 years, that's, that's mm. or, or there was this one kid, he was a baby, 18 years old. He had a methamphetamine pipe that had residue on it, and it was his first time ever arrested yeah. and they gave him three years and it's basically like paraphernalia you know yeah. and and so it just on that and just hearing all these horror stories in there i was scared out of my fucking mind bro I was Did you have like, a, would you have a pd yeah i had a public defender man yeah. you know and uh i mean it was just speaking on that public defenders and attorneys you know what i mean uh, you know is it is it i mean i've had some public defenders who were badass oh yeah they're out there they're I, I, some of the best trial attorneys I've ever seen. Some of the most effective advocates for their clients, public defenders. Also, the very worst attorneys I've seen have been public defenders. And that's the problem. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't have a say in it. You're assigned. Uh, if you don't like them, that's too bad because you're not paying for it. So you take what we give you. And even the best ones have way too many cases to uh, to really focus on yours. So, you know, this all respect to those guys because they and gals, they work their ass off and they're good at what they do in general. But uh, it's it's a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get, you know. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of horror stories while in the system of, in, of, of, of of individuals that have had a public defender, public pretender. You guys have heard it before. And uh, it's just uh, they, they, they trucked them. They tanked them. Yeah. And, uh, but I've, I've been fortunate to have a couple good ones that were just, I don't know, they, I felt like they did good for me. Yeah. And I had a lawyer one time. Um, and, uh, I mean, let me ask you this about a lawyer. So this lawyer pulls me out of Supermax and Wayside. And and this is for our, our initial interview of hiring him, right? He wants to talk to me, pulls me out, a uh, lawyer visit. And uh, he just asks me, he goes, hey, did you do it? You, you know, and, yeah. and I was just. Uh, I've never once asked somebody that. I wouldn't ask him that. That's stupid. Here. But it put me in a fucking yeah. weird situation yeah. because for one thing, so it was a high speed pursuit with a nine millimeter. And so, you know, the high speed pursuit is already there, right? I can't get away from that. But it's disconnecting myself from this nine millimeter that was found about 20 feet from me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit, we were in the hood, bro. You know what I mean? There's crack pipes and everything mm -hmm. else laying right there. I don't know who mm -hmm. left that bitch right there. That's you right. know? And so he tells me, he goes, hey, because the gun is what I got to worry about. Right. right. And he goes, is, was the gun yours? And I was just like, oh, like, yeah. okay. I was, and so I'm used to having public defenders and I'm like, all right, it's a paid attorney right here. Which, um, which means nothing, by the way. What do I do, you yeah. know? I, I didn't know what to do. And so, you know, I did the natural thing to do in a situation like that when your back's against the wall and time is potentially gonna be thrown on your fucking shoulders. Uh, the gun was mine. You know, the gun was mine, mm. um, but I told him the gun wasn't mine. And I can speak on this because the case is done. I did the time for the crime already, right? The gun was mine. You know, I love nine millimeters at the time. And uh, 
And it was a beautiful gun, too. It was a Smith & Wesson, and it just had all the everything, the beautiful things on it. But um, <laughs> I got one. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, but this one wasn't mine. No. <laughs> well, it was mine, but it wasn't mine. Like, yeah. I didn't buy it at Turner's, you know? Right. <laughs> Anyways, we know that, right? Um, but, but really, like, uh, um, and I'm sorry, Doug, I don't mean to be long-winded on this, but it was just, it really threw me off because I didn't know what I was supposed to tell them, you know? Yeah, so uh, what I tell potential clients when they call me or, or meet with me, um, there's a reason why some of the paid attorneys are cheap. There's a reason why they don't charge much. And like everything else in life, uh, it's generally because uh, they're not worth much more than that. People aren't going to pay them much more than that. It's like a, a brain surgeon. Would you go to the cheapest brain surgeon you can find if you needed brain surgery? I mean, well, probably not. You know, you'd want a guy who'd been doing something for a long time and, and he's expensive for a reason. So um, what I tell people is that if you can't hire one of the top level attorneys, whatever your, whatever your issue is, it doesn't need to be criminal defense only, it can be a divorce attorney, it can be child custody, whatever. You hire somebody who's really good or in criminal defense, you go with the PD. Because that lower level of paid criminal defense attorneys have no idea what they're doing. They have no, they, it, 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 it's amazing to me what, especially as a DA, what I saw happen in the courtrooms with guys who were just fresh out of law school, had never been a prosecutor, had never been uh, any kind of PD defense attorney, had no business representing somebody who a lot of time is on the line, right? A lot of time. And they had no idea what they're doing, but somebody didn't know any better and paid them. And I hate to see that. So that's what I tell people. Look, the expensive guys are expensive for a reason. Uh, but if the, your guy shows up in a Hyundai, uh, and no offense to anyone driving a Hyundai, but if your lawyer pulls up in a Hyundai, you need to say, you know what, you're probably not the guy for me. Because there's a reason why he's in a Hyundai. Um, <laughs> and, no and, shots fired. No. <laughs> and, and, and in that case, then uh, go with the public defender. Because at least they know what's going on. Even if they can't devote a lot of time to your case, generally they're not going to make it worse. Whereas one of those guys who has no idea what he's doing, uh, he can really fuck things up for you. So. Well, Doug, that's a major flaw in the system, though. It is. That, that we yep. have public defenders. I mean, <clears throat> educate me on this. Public defenders are the basically the new booties. I mean, I've seen some old public defenders. Yeah, no, no. So I was talking about the paid ones. Yeah, um, no, I know, but it, just in the sense of having a public defender and potentially right. them not knowing. I'm going back to that. Yeah, I apologize yeah. about that. But going back to that. Uh, it, you know, we can get talk to the Hyundai lawyer, and you're correct about that. And I would say see it the same way. But the public defenders, how is it to be a public defender? Like, yeah. how does that start? Is that is that like initiation into the field? Yeah. So what happens is uh, people generally have that calling, and they want to usually be either a public defender or a prosecutor. In this case, they want to be a public defender. So uh, they interview. They're hired. It's competitive to get hired in LA County. Now, other places in the country, it's not. 
but in L.A. County, it's hard to get hired as a public defender. Why is that? Because there's a lot of people that want to do it, and there's only a certain amount of spots that open up every year. What are the qualifications to get into that position? Well, initially, that you graduated from law school, passed the bar, and, you know, you go through an interview process. Um, and so, but the public defender's office in L.A. has a really good training program. And so they, they put them through a, a very good training program, and then they start them on misdemeanors, same as DAs do. We start in misdemeanors, DUIs, uh, guy fishing without a permit, stuff like that. <laughs> just, just little things that even if you fuck it up, it's no big deal, right? And so uh, the public defenders learn on those cases. And so by the time they handle felonies, they tend to know what's going on. Um, and, and, and in my opinion, the public uh, defenders do a good job in L.A. with what they have to work with, which uh, is not nearly enough attorneys. They need way more. Okay, so the caseload is overloaded it's then? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, yeah. But, but that's not, once again, that's a flaw in the system. It is. Why, why is it? Well, I mean, California, money. we got, I mean, we got money. money, don't yeah, we? Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, they're sure not spending on the PD's office, and they need to. Um, because those guys are and gals dramatically overwhelmed by the number of cases they have. Um, I don't know how they do it, to be honest. But and and the reality is, California is better than most places. Um, some of these states down south, you there was a documentary um, on this this very issue. They went into one of these guys' offices, stacks and stacks of files. And those are current cases he had. I mean, you you don't know what's going on in any of those, you know, and 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 that's how it is. But you um, fucking winging it every court date. You just got you're winging it, yeah. <laughs> which which if it's a DUI or it's uh, you know some sort of minor misdemeanor, you can sort of maybe wing it, and the consequences wouldn't be that big. But uh, on a felony case where somebody's looking at state prison and maybe a lot of state prison, you can't wing it. You cannot wing it because somebody's life is on the line. Or not show up. <laughs> is, or not show up. Is, is L.A., the city of Los Angeles, is it the cream of the crop when it comes to like guys like yourself? And, and if it's, you know, public defender, D.A., uh, you know, so on and so forth. In terms of what? In the terms of where you want to be at in in. Mm -hmm. in yeah, what you're doing. Career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, that's why I joined the L.A.D.A.'s office. Because uh, you have, you're doing more crimes. I was doing, I think I had, I was doing murder cases in my third year. So a guy three years out of law school is already doing murder cases. How does that feel? It was cool. You know, it was sort of an honor because uh, you're, the supervisors aren't going to give a guy who they think is a knucklehead uh, a, a murder case. And so it was sort of a stamp of approval. Hey, you know, we see you're good. You can handle yourself. So here, chew on this, you know. Um, but, uh, but for defense attorneys in LA, there's a lot of them, but there's not that many good ones. There's not, it's like, it's how like, do you know how to, if someone's say, if someone's listening right now and yeah. they, they're, you know, besides hiring you, Doug Sherrod, um, and how can they reach you too, by the way? Uh, website, I'm sure you can put it in the notes. On I'll that. put it in the notes. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, but how does how does one find like is it? I mean, I know how it is in the streets. It's like word of mouth. Yep. Like that's how we got you here. Word of mouth. Like word of mouth said, Doug is the shit. Don't you know? What I mean, he don't fuck around. He about the business uh, with this uh, lawyer shit. Excuse my rhetoric. 
Um, <laughs> with this lawyer shit. <laughs> fucking Lucky needs to go to a different school now, right? Not electrician school. You need to take your ass and get some. Um, what yeah. was I saying before? Your, your question was this. Your question is, how is somebody supposed to know Fine. whether the guy they're talking to is a good one who knows what he's doing and is going to fight, or he's just trying to get that check from you? And you said one thing earlier in the, about the Hyundai, but like, what other way? I mean, I guess they yeah. got Google now. Well, he, he, here's what I would do. I would, I, I would only say it's a, a local case, a DA case, LA yeah. County. I would only hire somebody who was either a former public defender or a former DA. Uh, or or I would be okay with a former federal prosecutor too because they may not have done specifically what this particular case is, but they're very bright, they're smart guys. So former DA, former PD, or former uh, Fed prosecutor or former Fed uh, public defender. Yeah. Because, because their network is wide, their fucking range yep. is wide, yep. they've got experience. That makes fucking a whole lot of sense. I, I, I use that brain surgeon analogy a lot. Like, I want a brain surgeon who's done whatever this brain surgery is 10,000 times, right? You don't hire somebody uh, to, to defend you in a case who has, hasn't had a lot of experience doing exactly what you need him to do, you know? Um, so, uh, but the problem is the public doesn't know this. You know, because these guys show up and they're, oh, you're in a lot of trouble, and well, I could, I could probably get you out of it. And people are vulnerable. Super and vulnerable. That's easy. That's yeah. easy. Oh my God! It's, Talk about taking advantage. That's right. And so you have to decide early on what kind of lawyer you're going to be. You know, uh, are you going to be one who's just trying to get that check from people, or I turn down a lot of cases if I feel it's not a good fit for me, um, or I advise people. You don't need to hire me for this. What I charge for this, you don't need to spend. You can go to this guy and get this done. You know, mm. so you got to again, like any profession, whatever you do, you have to decide what kind of person you're going to be and go forward that way. So, yeah, a hundred percent. And, but they always make jokes about lawyers of saying just like fuckers are just dirty They're, bastards. Well, they are. They're a bunch of assholes. You know, I don't like lawyers. In general, I don't. I mean, because of that very know-it-all, greedy. I mean, the, 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 the cliches are there for a reason, but we're not all that way, right? There are plenty of lawyers who out there um, trying to do good in the world, you know? 100%. Yeah. Shout out to them guys. Yep. Them few. The D, I mean, you got the feds. I wanted to ask you this question earlier. What do you, you think is tougher uh, if you got a Fed case or if you got a state case and say they're both the same crime? A Fed case is tougher. I, I charge more for that. Um, the, the, look, I got a lot of friends in the DA's office, but the truth is most of the DA's are pretty average people. Um, they're, you know, they're there to get a paycheck and, uh, you know, but the federal prosecutors are very, as a whole, very, very smart people. Um, they're a cut above. And it's much harder to become a federal prosecutor than it is to become a local, a DA. And um, in general, they're probably a little bit more professional. Um, they have aspirations beyond being um, a federal uh, prosecutor. Yeah, it could be whereas politics. Most, yeah, a lot exactly. Of, yeah. Whereas most of the DAs tend to stay in the DA's office because it's a good deal. You make a very good salary for what you do, great benefits, great retirement. Most people stay. Um, federal judges are no bullshit. 
I mean, you have to go in there and know what you're doing and uh, no exceptions. Whereas uh, in state court, uh, you know, um, it's, it's more loose. Uh, motions can be made orally versus writing. Nothing's made orally in federal court. It's just, it's, you got to be on your A game to walk into federal court and make something happen. Um, and, and I think not many defense attorneys are cut out to do that. Federal practice, it's a, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you you the one then, huh? I tend to do it. Yeah, I you get the it one. done. You I the, get it done. You the big dog. Anybody That's, dealing with some shit right now? I mean, you the one to call right now, huh? Yeah. Well, you, I wouldn't you, be a bad choice. You wouldn't be a bad choice. I mean, how is it? How is it managing cases? I mean, do you have a firm? I mean, do you have other people under you? How, how does that work? Well, if I just want to get Doug, but then fucking Arnold shows up. Uh, no, no, no. So, uh, you know, when I was talking about before, you have to decide what kind of lawyer you're going to be. There are a lot of these guys who you talk to me, I close the deal, but then you get Arnold, right? <laughs> and yeah. Arnold just got out of law school and he's the guy that you would not hire. Yeah. Right. Uh, but now Arnold's going into court and he's fucking your shit up. Uh, because Doug is too busy doing something else. Sniffing you know? cocaine and fucking strippers. I, well, Go ahead, bro. Not this Doug. The other Doug. Talking about Dougie down the street. <laughs> the other Doug. Yeah, go ahead. Bro. Um, but, but uh, uh, you know, for me, every motion that leaves my office is me. I write them, I research them, I sign them. That's why I turn down some cases, um, depending on what I think it's going to look like. Um, because it's just me. I don't want a partner. I don't want to hire anyone. I don't want to work with anyone. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just me. How, so, does, it, how does it feel when you, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, brother, yeah. but how does it feel when you're working amongst these people that, you know, hold a certain stature in, you know, the states, the feds, the community, um, and they don't know how to deal with that power. I mean, they always say once you put... Uh, you know, you put the, you give a man a power, it will really tell you of who that yeah. individual is. Which is true. Yeah. And do you, you run across a lot of people that are just, just because of their title, they're no longer who they were once in high school, maybe. Yeah, I know oh, him in yeah. high school. He was a cool ass dude. Yep. You know, and now he's this guy. <laughs> That's a right. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, and, and you see a lot of that in DAs where uh, this was the nerd that, uh, you know, nobody really paid much attention to, but now they're. De- DA's office and they got a little power and um, less so with the feds. Uh, these these people uh, in in general, we're talking in generalities here. I mean, yes. you have exceptions, but uh, the feds are much more uh, professional um, in, in general. Um, judges um, in L.A., I think they do a really good vetting process in L.A. It's rare that I come across a judge who uh, who should not be there who is an asshole, who's a knucklehead, who doesn't understand what the issues are. They do a very good job. And at this point, I know or have dealt with you know, most of them. Um, but I, I, I have mostly good things to say about judges in LA County. And then the federal judges are appointed by the president and they go through a whole, whole process. Um, and so they tend to be really, really smart people. And they have to be to understand a lot of the issues that are brought up in federal court that don't come up in uh, state court so much. So I think uh, in general, I have good things to say about judges. Yeah. 
Dope, dope, dope. You seem like a very uh, fit individual. Like you take care of yourself. You could be uh, obviously you're competitive, and uh, in your in your uh, in your line of trade, and you're probably competitive outside the world. You keep yourself up. You ever play sports? Used to. Used to. What did you play? I'm 50 now, so I don't play much anything. But okay. I, I hit the weight room a lot. Yeah, but what, what, what did you once upon a time I was play? a water polo player. Water polo. Of course yeah. you were, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. You know, canine has been looking at you this whole time like you're in a Speedo, bro. I know. He's <laughs> got fucking heart emojis on his fucking eyes right now, dog. Um, and so when you walk into this courtroom, when you walk into this courtroom, is it like maybe potentially entering a, a game of polo? Well, I would say it's competitive. I would say um, um, you have to walk in there. You you have somebody's life in your hands. Maybe it's only two years of their life. Maybe it's five years of whatever. Um, I don't want to name names, but we have a, a mutual colleague who uh, was they were trying to put him away for ten years on a on a two eleven a robbery, and I caught the DAs. Uh, they fucked something up. And I pointed out to the judge, we did a motion, and the whole thing got dismissed. That competitiveness, that that desire to win for your client, yeah, it's it's no different than sports, you know, except you feel more of a responsibility now because it's somebody's life. This is a dad. This is uh, somebody's son. Constantly I'm taking calls from uh, family members. Hey, what's going on with the case? You know, it's it's not just... It's not just the guy. It's you have, you know, family and kids and everything else. Which so, yeah. you start becoming, uh, not maintaining, like, you start knowing who these people are. Yeah. Right? To, to whatever, for whatever they're giving you. Um, and I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I just threw that out there because I'm just kind of thinking about the whole thing. Um, how do you feel when you just get in that courtroom and, and you're, you know, you're talking to the, the witness stand? You know, you got prosecution sitting right here, you got the judge right there, and you have your client right there. I mean, do you what, what kind of zone do you get yourself into besides being prepared for it? Yeah. I mean, is is that the height of being a criminal defense lawyer when the floor is yours? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you get it. That's exactly right. Um, like a cross examination, for example. I had a when I was a DA, I had a murder case. And uh, I had mentioned this guy to you before. Um, this guy was a football star. Um, he was a potential for the NFL. Um, he got a full ride to a D1 school. He was a standout there. Um, very handsome guy, African-American guy, good looking, in shape, gets his bachelor's, and now he's training for the NFL. And he had a shot. He definitely had a shot. And he came from Inglewood. And, um, and you could tell he was, a, he was a good guy. Like he seemed like the kind of guy you'd have a beer with, you know? Um, but he got injured, uh, tore something in his knee. NFL prospects are over. He goes back to Inglewood and uh, it was, uh, he was buddies with some Crips and kind of fell back in with them. And uh, on a particular day shot a guy walking down the street who happened to be wearing the wrong color. Um, and, um, so he's charged with murder. Uh, he went on the run for a long time, shot a couple other people. They, uh, LAPD finally gets him. And so 
he's up on the witness stand and he was going to try to deny everything, you know, and he was clever. He was a smart guy. And so this cross-examination was happening. And of course, I knew I'd been preparing for this. A cross-examination of a, of a murder defendant you're preparing weeks for. And so we're going back and forth and he's holding his own. He's smart. And, you know, there's certain things as a prosecutor I know about what happened and certain things I don't. And so uh, he's not given an inch. And uh, that went on until we got to a point where it was, a, it was something that he simply couldn't deny. Um, and he gave up. He quit. I saw it in his eyes. It was the same as, as sports where uh, you, you do any fighting? I mean, slap boxing yeah, once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever the sport is, sometimes you see in the guy's eye that he just quit. He's done. And you know you got him. And, and this guy quit. And he was convicted um, by that jury. And that guy, um, speaking of public defenders, was represented by one of the best trial attorneys I've ever seen. And he was a public defender, this guy, Bobby Black. I think he just retired. But he's as good as they get. And, uh, and he did everything he could. And he was fantastic. But um, yeah, it, a cross-examination like that or a closing argument, it, it is like sports. You know, it's exactly like that. Yeah. I mean, nothing better to me than a good fucking like lawyer movie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's like, what I was thinking. Dude, I love those movies. <laughs> I wanted to ask him which one. You was can't that. handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that movie. Um, it, you know what? If I could, if I could go back in time and do it again, I would have been a criminal defense attorney. Do it. One thousand. What are you waiting percent. for? How could I do that? Huh? I mean. You got a, did did you get you said you got a bachelor's or not yet? I mean it's it's a, it's it's considered a, a f- 6 years, 5 years in the apprenticeship. It's it's equivalent to a BA, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean law school, you know, you probably do it if you wanted to. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be heavy. That'd be a lot of work. I I barely got through that 5 years of fucking math. Well, I'll tell you this. If you made it through and passed the bar, you'd be fantastic in court. <laughs> that I would I would make an exception for not having a partner for you. Ah, for you. This damn. this would be my one exception. Whoa. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, damn. That's a job offer, buddy. <laughs> damn, I can't believe you just did me like that. Holy shit. That is you, that is dope. You got options. That is amazing. I don't know what they put in those modelos, but <laughs> <laughs> God bless those modelos. You want to you know? take, take a break? You want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into some more stuff right, All right. now. All right, quick break. This podcast is brought to you by origin bakery equipment your one-stop shop for all your bakery and restaurant equipment needs home based to wholesale commercial bakeries new and used follow them on instagram at origin bakery equipment llc or pull up on them in the city of south omani at 10441 rush street this podcast is also brought to you by introducing go loco baby loco and baby loca for the ladies the cannabis pre-roll brands that will take your smoking experiences to the next level baby we understand that smoking cannabis is not just a habit it's a lifestyle that's why we've carefully crafted our pre-rolls to provide you with the ultimate smoking smoking experience Follow them on IG, blackswan.la. Follow them on IG, blackswan.la. Let's go.
We're coming back. So, peep game. So, this is what we're going to do, guys. All right? This is what we're going to do. Doug is going to share a cool story with us that that he kind of brought up to Casey earlier in a phone call. And I was just like, oh, shit. We got to hear that one. Um, and then we're going to open up the phone line. And we're going to go absolutely bananas. You guys have Doug right here. Be respectful. Ask your <laughs> ask your questions or be disrespectful. Yeah. You know, do, Let's be do it. you, be yeah. you, bro. We gonna we'll, we'll, we'll ride with it and we'll see what we do with it. Um, but you had mentioned to Casey about a someone that put ketchup on their shirt or was it Taco Bell hot sauce? It was Taco Bell hot sauce, <laughs> uh, and I yeah. love Taco Bell hot sauce. I do too. I do too. Um, yeah, case came through the DAs. This was uh, when I was a prosecutor. Um, a deputy sheriff, and and I want to say, look, my experience as a DA and as a defense attorney is that the majority of the guys and gals who are cops at LA sheriffs and LAPD are cool in general. I'm not saying there's not bad apples, but we have it way better here than most of the rest of the country. I mean, some of these small town police departments across the country, uh, uh, you know, 
they're not real concerned with whatever your rights are. You know what I mean? And and uh, they're just looking to put people away. And it's not really, especially now. Um, most of the police in LA, their attitude is is kind of. Um, I'm not going to fuck with you. You don't fuck with me for the most part, you know, and again, there are exceptions. So the case came through um, the uh, you good <laughs> first time. He needs some milk. <laughs> Shout out to Stizzy. <laughs> they get me every time. <laughs> I'm a social smoker. I don't yeah. I don't wake and bake because I can't function like that on my day to day job and being a father to my kids, even though sometimes when I'm a, when I'm high and I'm being a father to my kids, I'm a, it, yeah it's a good it's a good element. But go ahead. Yeah. So uh, uh, sheriff, uh, it's it's a stabbing case, and uh, the victim had a white t shirt on and there was some blood on the t shirt. So uh, he knows he's supposed to book the uh, white T-shirt. Well, he leaves it at the scene. It's a big fuck up. That's a main piece of evidence. So he gets back to the station and uh, he realizes his fuck up and he takes one of his T-shirts and a pack of taco sauce and he squirts the taco sauce on the white T-shirt and he tries to book it. But it, another, yep, another deputy sheriff saw this and busted him, and it came through the DAs. But the the crazy thing is, he didn't get fired for that. Um, last I heard, he is he was still a deputy sheriff. You know, I mean, does he at least have a nickname like Taco Sauce? <laughs> He's got it. They gotta call him Taco. Hey, Taco! Get <laughs> your punk ass over here, fool. Yeah. Hey, hey let, let let me ask you this question. So yeah. so. Let me, I want to bring this up to you. L.A. sheriff gangs, does that exist? That's what I read about. I mean, I, I saw what you saw. I don't know anything that you, uh, more than you know from the from the newspapers. Um, but, yeah, I, I saw that. The the tattoos and the whatever they were doing. I think it was in East L.A. too. Compton. Yeah. Compton, okay. Yeah. East L.A. too, yeah. Yeah, I don't, all, all I know is what you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Any organization is potentially considered a gang, right? I guess, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Well, you, you, got, you got loyalty. There's code. Yep. There's rules you live by. Yep. Hmm. I, sometimes I think about it like this, and because there's cops that sometimes tell dudes maybe like myself, they're saying, "Hey, bro, I'm just like you. Mm. I'm just like you, bro." In the sense of maybe it's an organization, and there's rules. You abide by, but if a cop is fucking up, and just like if a gang member is fucking up on the streets, there's repercussions. We discipline them, people. You know, yeah. I mean, do the cops? Have you ever heard of the cops? I mean, do the cops hold themselves accountable if you're fucking up? Hey, bro, you did that. That was wrong, bro. We got we go to the back, the locker room, dog, and they get slapped with jock straps. You know, I mean, cop <laughs> jock straps at the end of a long day. You know, uh, I mean, I'm just saying, like, have you? Yeah. I think it used to be that way. I think it was much more in the past. Nowadays, the, my friends who are cops, their attitude is more like uh, um, it's not worth it. It is not worth doing anything that isn't by the book because the ramifications, they're prosecuting more cops now. Um, I have cops call me all the time. Uh, I, I, 
this is what they're looking at me for. What do I do? Um, and the general, there's there's fear among the police now that if they make the wrong call, um, if they shoot the wrong person, even if that person's armed, even if that person's coming at them, they could get prosecuted. And you see that nationally, that, that police are being prosecuted. So um, the attitude in general, from what I pick up on, is it's by the book or we're not doing it. We'll just walk away. And, uh, and everybody has the biggest weapon nowadays. What is the biggest weapon? Cell phone camera. That's right. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. And it's keeping people a little bit honest. Yeah, and, and most of them wear body cam now too. So, But they're not always on though. Right. Um, they have policy on when they're supposed to be on. And, and of course, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But in general, they are. Yeah. Like most of my cases now, I get body cam. Do you think after doing this podcast, you might get a little bit of, uh, I don't know, how, do, how does your colleagues, you got, you know, please, wait, hold on a second. Oh, I'll call you back, dog. That was Barney Fife. Um, <laughs> was that stupid? <laughs> Did he just do that, bro? Oh, my <laughs> it's, it's God. Do you remember Barney, Barney oh, Fife? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Uh, Mayberry. Mayberry, baby. Yeah. Hey, we, we all, Andy Griffith. Yeah, Andy Griffith uh, yeah. show. Yeah, there you go yep. right there. One of the best. I, I really apologize about that. Blame that on Leanne and Stizzy. Yeah, I mean, that is 100% this right here, sir. Um, so I had asked you about, you know, just being on. I mean, this this podcast, I believe that is, is I so I hear from lawyers DAs, police officers, feds, from my boys doing fed time, doing state time, they all watch this. Yeah. And they, for some reason, the feedback that I get back is very positive. Yeah. Like, they, you, they, you, they love, the feedback that I get from these guys that trickles down, that they love what we're doing here at Hoodstocks. Yeah. Why would they love it? Are we giving intel? Or, or are we oh, sharing man, something that they're a part of? It's a positive thing, you know? Everything yes. you're doing here is positive. You're sh you're highlighting, you're not highlighting, uh, you know, murders. You're not highlighting, you know, whatever people want to do. What you're highlighting is is good stories. Look at this guy. He did his time. Now look at him. You know, he's, he's changed. He's changed. He's a changed human being. Everything you do here is positive. And, and I think that uh, impresses them. And it's sort of a change up, you know? So... I get it. I could see why they'd be interested in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, guys? I want to open up the phone line. 213-842-4785. I'm make sure, making sure I look at it right right there. Doug, you, you guys call in, and let's get some phone calls. Go Doug, ahead, Casey. Can you uh, scoot to your right a little bit for mm -hmm. me? Just, yeah, just, yep. yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So, Doug, out of all of the uh, gangs that are in Los Angeles, you know, who are the most vicious? Uh, all right, so it's been about uh, eight years since I left the DA's office. So uh, unless things have changed, um, when I left, it was MS-13. They were they were really really bad dudes. But in California or just across the world? I don't know about across the world, uh, but but in Los Angeles, when I would see the worst behavior. Of a human being to another human being, it was it was MS-13. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hey, what's up, man? I had a question. Shout out to Texas. Texas, baby. Texas in the casa. Let's go. 
Man, what's up, what's up, what's up? How you looking in the courtroom against the Shasta baby mamas, man? The civil. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real, man, I, I, I'm in Texas and, and shit. I, I, I pay child support and shit, but I don't got no rights to my son. You don't sound like you pay child support, though, dog. No, I'm just fucking with you. I, do, man. Hey, uh, hey, I hey, promise you, you, you I put hey. the- <laughs> You put that you on your baby mama. Hood, you, know, you, you, know, you know that's part of the routine, part of the program? 100%. I'm just giving you a hard time, brother. Child support. <laughs> no, I really know. I really know. Like you got to bust my balls. Always, brother. And Casey hey, will fucking up. lick him. <laughs> oh, man. Goddamn. No, I'm just fucking with you. Go ahead, brother. Nah, but yeah, that's just my question, man. Like, shit, how, how does that go about, like... Like, I really got, they said I had to deal with California because he was born in California, not in Texas, even though he was made in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Burner, I don't know anything about Texas law and I don't know anything about child support, so I'm probably the wrong guy to ask on this one. Damn, well, that motherfucker out there in Cali, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. well, you know what, bro? Um, yeah. Family I'm law, out. sir. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Shit out of luck, bro. Nah, I'll let you hear All right, baby. Have a good one. And love, yeah, love, yeah, love the Texas, out. dog. Let's go next caller. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Yo, what up with it? Lucky it is Rooster, homie. What up, Rooster, baby? What's going on? What up with it, dog? What up, Casey? What up? What up? Hey, man. Uh, your guest, Doug, salute to this, man. It's a cool podcast. It's different, but it's dope. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, uh, I got a question for you, Doug. Yep. Have you ever read the book uh, Key Witness by J.F. Fredman? No. What's no, it about? It's a, it's a really, it's a cool book. It's about an attorney. He's like real big. He's a real big attorney. And he gets tired of representing people that are like actually guilty, like having to like weasel through the cases or whatnot. Yeah. So he drops, like he demotes himself in the book and he like kind of, goes back to public being a public defender it's a cool book man i was just but is it does that happen in real in real life like do big attorneys start handling little cases like yeah can it, someone do that it happens a lot and i do that too where sometimes somebody can't afford what i would normally charge and so if i and really represent yeah them, that's, that's right if that's i like cool, them and man. i like the case i'll do it Yep. That's awesome, man. See, yeah. I, that was one of my big books when I read. I, w I went to prison for a little bit, and I read that book, and it really stuck with me. As And I'm watching this, and that book popped in my head. I was like, man, that's cool. How do you so spell that guy's know, name? Man, I, shit, I just remember it because I remember all the good authors. that All, all right. the books that I've read that actually stick in my head. That's one of them. I can huh? really remember them. It's a very good book. I recommend that you read uh, it. I'll, I'll, I'll get it tonight. What Sounds was the name good. of it again? Yeah. Key Witness. It's Key like Witness. J.F. Fredman. Thank you, Rooster. Good. We love yeah, you, baby. We're going to the next it. caller, dog. Hey, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us, baby. What's up, big thanks? It's your boy, Sleeps, homie. Hey, bro, for one thing, you need to get off the toilet, bro, before you call <laughs> us, bro. That shit is echoing a motherfucker, dog. Hold on, hold on. Let me take the out. Hold on, Hey, there you go, baby. Out the bathroom. Let's go. <laughs> hey, what's cracking, dog? It's your boy Sleeves, man. Oh, what up, G? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I heard you talking about, you know, that whole gang shit uh, with the LA County shit. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. My my, my primo, dog, he, he works for uh, the Shea shit. He was saying a uh, cop and sheriff, bro, and uh, 
And my primo told me, dog, hey, homie's the rasa himself, you know, he was a gangbanger. He, now he's a detective, bro. And he said, yeah, homie, you know, fuck, they got gangs in that motherfucker, homie. Yeah, that's what we read. It's a sorority, right? So, did I say that right? Sororities, women. I mean, I'm just saying in a sense, right? That I want fraternity. A fraternity. I'm sorry, fraternity. It, it, it's, a sorority? A fraternity. it's a fraternity. Women. Whoever takes the most. Whoever takes the most Jesus. shots. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, nah, nah. I heard that, and, I, and that's why I want to hit you, bro. Like, because that's crazy. Me and my primo talk about that, and, and he was like, "Yeah, you know." It, uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. That shit really happens, eh? You know what's crazy, bros? We're going to hang up on you right now, dog. <laughs> Thank you for calling, bro. Right. Hey. Yeah. Next phone call. Oh, they hung up too. You know what I mean? There it is right there. Um, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hello? Yo, you're live, baby. Let's go. Oh, what's up? What's up, dog? Hey, um, yeah, I just want to tell the, the lawyer if you need some guy named James Lean. If what? He's an attorney. I was just chilling with him over the weekend. He's hey, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, uh, James, what's he, his last name? James L. Lee. He's out of Irvine. And you, so you want to know if Doug yeah, knows yeah, him yeah, and yeah. if he's a good lawyer or not? No, I, I don't think I've heard of that guy. Well, let me yeah, ask you a question, James, bro. Was, what does he drive, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fucker has a Tesla. That fucker has a Tesla. Okay. Hey, what Tesla? Tesla? Yeah, uh, Tesla, that no, makes it quiet. What model, though? Any model? Any model. Any model. It has to be Plaid. Yeah, no, well, Plaid would be good. He was talking, yeah. he was talking about how um, all the attorneys were leaving because of Newsom, that they didn't like the guy. He said that attorneys were leaving because of Newsom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't want nothing to do with them. I haven't heard about that. I'll have to check into that. Who's and the best Orange governor? County, Who do you huh? think is the best governor of California that's been up? I don't know. All right. So well, I'll leave you out of the politics. Yeah. Hey, love you, my boy. Thank you. The governor. Come on. Governor. Yeah, it's got to be Arnold. <laughs> yeah. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Wait. Let's. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm hanging up. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. You're live, baby. Hmm. I don't know why it's doing that. From the 80s, 90s. You're on Hoodstocks. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say uh, one more thing. Shout out to what? the Yankees. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> you acting That's like my baby TV. mama right now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we already hung up. That was that was a great... <laughs> Bro, I'm about to block you, bro. I already know. <laughs> oh, now he hangs up on me. <laughs> what the fuck? Now he feels better, huh? I'm gonna hang. I'm gonna call back and hang back up on him. Fuck him, dog. Put his contact and don't answer. Uh, let's go right here. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Yo, what's up, Lucky? Hey, hey, this fool. Hey. <laughs> his, he's got a name, dog. He's got a name. And you're live with him, so you hey, can hey, ask him. I'm fucked up, bro. I'm fucked up. Listen, listen, bro. I'm watching your shit, dog. I'm in the hood, homie. What's up, dog? You in Watts? Hey, Are you in Watts? Yeah, homie, what's good, dog? What's up, homie? You chilling, baby? I see you, hey. dog. Hey, I said, fuck, how scary is it be sitting with you to leave your crib, dog? What did he say? What did he say? I do not know, bro. Hey, say that again in slow motion. Listen, listen, you can ask me. I'm right here. You can talk to me. Ask him how scared he's going to be to leave the crib full from sipping, dog. 
Oh, from, oh, from sipping? Yeah. No, I've kept it down to three or four, so that should be Bro, good. Bro, come on. You, do you know who this man is, dog? If, if you were a cop and you pulled over this man, you'd be like, I love your hair. Yeah. Get the and, fuck uh, out of here. And, then he's, and, and Doug's top tier. He has the car that drives himself. Your so. hair looks amazing, sir. I don't even know why I pulled you over. Listen, yeah. yeah. Next phone call. Let's go. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. This fucking guy. Hey, turn that music off in the back. Next phone call. This fucking shit is blowing up. We can't even catch him. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. What the oh, fuck? It, it, I want that guy to call back. Yeah, again. I want that guy to call back, too. He's got something to say. This looks like a... You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hey, turn the volume in the back. Oh, bro. Fuck you. That's the fifth time you've done that shit, dog. What up? Hello? Yo, go ahead. You're live. <laughs> some, some of these people don't know how to call in. They're like trying to listen to the... That's funny. They huh? don't know how to call yeah, in. Your hood stocks, talk to us. <laughs> go ahead, baby. You live. Let's go. Oh, um, hi. Hi. Uh, I have a question for the DA. He's a fucking criminal defense lawyer right now. He's <laughs> not doing DA enough. anymore. Used Go to ahead. be a DA. Okay, well, we want to ask, like, um, is there, like, corrupted DAs out there? Uh, corruption. Not that I saw. Um, and, and for several reasons, I kind of doubt it. Um, so I would say no. Well, we talked about it earlier. Corruptness in the sense of yeah. if you are a DA and you're looking at the scoreboard, you want to win and you'll win at any cost, yeah. even if it's the cost of a life of a fucking nether young, old individual. It is what it is. It's a fucking game. And, uh, you know, they need to change the fucking uh, they need to change the religion in that. I don't know. Next phone call. Let's go. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hey, Lucky. How you doing, man? Doing great, brother. Hey, man, I just saw that you were live. So I'm going to jump in real quick, and I spoke to you in a while. But um, <clears throat> I called in before, and I just wanted to tell you that you can still eat a bowl of dick. That was very professional of you, sir. Bro, that was the perfect setup, dog. And just for that setup, I will eat a bowl of dicks, dog. Yeah, I mean, you, you got that coming, baby. What happened? Anything else besides the bowl of dicks? That's it, my boy. You killed that, bro. Honestly, bro, I said, this dude's going to give me something heavy, and you gave me something heavy. A bowl of dicks, dog. You know what I mean? They're African American dicks, dog. Fuck you. I mean, what the right, fuck? Lucky, you didn't even give me a knife, bro. All right, next phone call. All right, lucky. Fucking assholes, man. I, dude, Sorry. this dude keeps on. What up? Ask the, no, bro, you ask the prosecutor. I'm getting texted, and I know this drunk, guy right here. That dude's here. drunk calling you? No, no, this is Danny. Danny oh. from uh, La Conecta. He's out of... Hello? Bro, stop texting me, and you ask the man himself. Oh, hey, what's up, what's up? Hey. Hey, so uh, I have a question, right? Yep. I hired, I hired a lawyer, and I found out later that they have a blood that he has a, like a, a, a beef with the uh, the DA the current DA to the point where it's very known in the city and he even got uh, suspended 
for a year because he threatened that he was going to shut the, the DA's business down before he was the DA. And he never told me when I hired him. And now the I feel like that that's affecting my case. So do I have the right to tell the judge that I think that there's a... Uh, Conflict of interest? The, yeah. You, you hired this guy, right? Yes, I, I hired him. You you know you can fire him tonight if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, am I going to get that money back? Oh, no. well, I don't know. You got to ask him. What, what was the contract you signed, bro? Yeah. You yeah, paid him all up front? Well, here's the thing. And he was driving a Hyundai? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You ain't getting it back. Now it's a Hyundai. I hired, okay, so, I hired a lawyer yeah, so listen, from here, Laredo. He, from Laredo, Texas? And, Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. We're, we're, from, we're, we're in Texas. I'm in San Antonio. Oh, okay. But I'm from, I'm from Laredo. So I had hired a different lawyer, but I wanted a DA that had a good relationship. Uh, I mean, I hired a lawyer that had a good relationship with a DA, or that's what I wanted. When I told him that that's the reason I was looking for another lawyer, he told me, oh, I have a great relationship with, uh, with the DA, which was uh, a lie. Yeah. So, Fire him. Okay, so listen, what you do, here's how it would go in California. You can ask for an accounting of everything you've uh, paid him versus what he's done. Just because you wrote somebody a $10,000 check doesn't mean they get to keep that 10000 He's got to be able to account for his time. And if he's only done $3,000 of work on your case, you get a check for seven grand coming back to you. Let's so, go, baby. So, Shout out to California. Yeah, yeah let's so, go, so baby. So ask him. Ask that guy for yeah. an accounting of time, and uh, and you'll probably get some of that money back. There it is. There, there you baby. go, bro. That's game right there. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't so know do that. You, I don't do you, ever want to find that out. for me to find another lawyer? It sounds yeah, like it to bro. me. Yeah. What the fuck, dog? I can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta ask Doug, homie. Ask me, bro. I, yeah, I think yeah. you should get that money back as much as you're entitled to, and then go uh, buy a better representation. Yeah. And then don't shop for these lawyers off of Instagram, dog. You know what I mean? I don't care how many views this dude's got, dog. But this is Danny from La Conecta out of Tejas. And this dude did our fucking amazing. This dude is the plug. This dude is, is supports entrepreneurship. This dude puts brands in every 7-Eleven across the motherfucking country. This is a bad motherfucker that just happens to be fighting a case. He did our uh, uh, air fresheners, dog. Right he did our Hoodstocks air fresheners. Let me let me give a couple to uh, Big Dog right here. He did our Hoodstocks air fresheners. Where is it at? Right there. Where are you giving me, Casey? Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Uh, this dude is a packaging awesome. genius, bro. Um, thank you, brother. Love you, doggy. There goes a quick plug right it. there, and we'll see you on the podcast when you get a chance to do it. Let's go. Next phone call. You cool with a couple more? Yeah, phone calls? let's do it. Uh, Hoodstocks, baby. Hey, let's go. It's me again. You clicked on me. Hey, I didn't click on you, girl. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yes, you did. I'm hey, sorry. I wanted to tell you something, homie. Shout out, shout out, Concord, Monument Boulevard. All the homies right there, man. They started as fuck. Let's go, baby. Compton, let's yeah. go. Shout out. All right. Hey, hey. All right. <laughs> I was gonna ask her how many kids she got. Nine. Nine. <laughs> sounded, sounded like nine. Sure You're on Hoodstocks. Like talk to us. Oh shit. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. You lie, baby. Hey, what's cracking? I got two questions. This is Alfonso from Siri. From where, Siri? Siri, California, 209. Well, let's go. Okay, shoot okay, it. Okay, so one question is for the lawyer. Like, how do you feel about people that represent themselves 
in a, a felony case or any kind of cases, like when you see them stepping into that range. Second, have you ever came across somebody that proclaimed or said, I'm a sovereign citizen and claimed that title in court? And if they had the flag that they're getting judged under, did it make a difference under the under the state law or civil law or criminal law? Yeah, both good questions. So uh, the second one first. Um, yes, I have seen the sovereign citizen people come into court and they will talk for a half hour about how these laws don't apply to them and explain why they don't apply. And then they'll stand there like something good's going to happen for them. And the judge will be very polite to them and say, thank you. And then lock them up. Um, that sovereign citizen stuff. I know they believe it and, and it and it sounds good when you read it. But uh, every single time uh People just roll their eyes and they just get locked up. Uh, to, to your first question, um, representing yourself is almost, almost never a good idea because you're going up against a DA who knows what they're doing um, and does this for a living and knows all the tricks, knows all the, the motions, objections, whatever, the rules of evidence, and you're at a huge disadvantage and it's never, ever a good idea. Though it, you're better off with the worst public defender than having nothing at all. So no, that's that's never a good idea. Yeah, thank you for answering my question. You bet. Honestly, like this conversation is like uh, on a new level, you know, like across the board, like we haven't heard this perspective from a lawyer. And it's like, man, there's so much behind the scenes what's going on. No, I appreciate thank you for it. for sharing your opinion and what's going on. I know a lot of us might not know this this level of law, but a lot of us have been behind the law, like like you know, been been in charges and this and that. You know what I'm yep, saying? But sure. But it's awesome. I've I heard of sovereign citizenship in Alaska when I went fishing out there in uh, 2001, and it blew my mind. It was almost like a sect, like a yeah, like a like, like a, a brainwashing. But yeah, it's it's but not it a real thing because. Because they talk about the, the flags when they're in court, like the yellow yellow streams of, a, of an American flag is a presidential flag, yeah. and you're not allowed to get judged under that. But anyway, Lucky, great show. Thank you guys for answering my call. Have a great night, okay? Take care. Thank you, bro. Good talking. Great guest, bro. Great guest, bro. I already knew you guys were in for some shit right here. Uh, no caller ID gets no phone calls here, guys, okay? You need to call with your real number. You calling no caller ID that tells me one thing, you know. Doug, tell me about witness protection. Yeah, yeah so um, that's a thing. But so the feds have it, and then to a lesser degree, the locals have it too. I had a couple cases, uh, one of which was one of those MS 13 prosecutions where uh, somebody who lived in the neighborhood that these MS 13 guys were operating in um, was. Uh, that was the primary witness to the crime and we needed her to come in or we didn't have a prosecution and she knew what was going to happen to her if she stayed in that neighborhood and and uh, LAPD uh, the detective was fantastic because he made the whole thing happen the DA's office signed off on it and we got her out so she they, we flew her back in to testify then we got her out and uh, the guy went down for a long time um, uh, the feds have their own program for their own witnesses, but um, and, and it's more extensive than the locals. It happens more often with the feds than it does with the locals. But yeah, both 
both uh, jurisdictions have have that going mm. on. And do they just like put you in a hotel room for like a couple months or something? Yeah, so it depends. It depends how bad it is. Do you need to be permanently moved? Are you willing to be permanently moved and how far away? So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, but sometimes it is that, just how somebody in a hotel away from their home for a little while. Um, but a lot of times with these gang cases, that's not going to do it because you can put him away, but his homies are still walking around the neighborhood. Well, like, yeah. The that's yeah. So, uh, so usually it's something more out of town, which, you know, you're asking somebody to kind of upend their whole life, you know, like yeah. you lived here, your friends are here, your family might be here. And all of a sudden you're saying, Hey, testify for us. And we're going to move you to another town and you have to start all over again. It's a lot to ask, you know, and, and people people did it. And uh, some of the most brave people I've ever seen got up on that stand and pointed the finger at a really bad guy. You know, so, yeah, that happens. Get back into this. Coming whoa, back whoa. in. Coming back in. Sorry, guys, I had to use a restroom. Um, and I don't know if you answered this or not. I want to ask you this. I don't know if you answered this or not. When somebody is put into protective custody, um, they 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 get on stand, like you said, they put in put away a really bad guy. Okay, yeah. um, what is their life after that? Yeah. So first of all, there's a difference between protective custody and witness protection. Okay. You know, so, explain that to yeah, me. Yeah. So protective custody normally is in uh, county jail or prison. Uh, you're kept away from potential threats. Uh, it's not foolproof, but it's it's a lot better than being in general population. If you got some guys that are trying to take you out as a witness. Um, the other thing that we're talking about here is witness protection, where you're relocating somebody. You're taking them out of where they, they lived and worked, and you're putting them somewhere else, somewhere else in the, in the state or somewhere else in the country. And oh, wow. yeah, and so the second option, um, like I was telling Casey, it's, it's, it's a big deal because you're asking somebody to give up their whole life that they know, you know? And sometimes people didn't want to do it, and I got it. I never forced somebody to do it. And if we couldn't make the case, then we couldn't make the case. But a lot of people did it because they felt strongly that um, that that's what they wanted to do, and it was important to stand up for uh, whatever the, the situation was, and they did it. And let, let me ask you this, bro. Yeah. What do you think of Italian gangsters from the East Coast and gangsters out here in L.A.? I don't know anything about the Italian gangsters. I watch Sopranos. I mean, that's <laughs> that's about it. I mean, I, I only know what I've operated in, you know, so um, I don't really know. I, I know nationally um, some of the foreign gangs are really heavy. Uh, the Russian mob, um, the uh, Armenian mob is actually pretty big in L.A. I don't know much about them. I, it was rare that I, I had to deal with that. And uh, at the DA's office, they had a specialized unit to deal with those particular groups. Wasn't me. So I don't know a whole lot about it. Did you see the Netflix special? And of course you did, Narcos. Uh, Narcos, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. And, and does that inspire uh, people on your side of the fence and your profession 
to, I mean, is it just like, like maybe if you're a boxer and you're watching Rocky or something, I mean, does it really pump you up? And I mean, I love watching those shows, bro. They're just fucking, yeah. they're amazing. But does it? I had a, uh, a, a former federal uh, prosecutor. He's, he's now a judge. And uh, he knew I was leaving the DA's office to become a defense attorney. And so he called me back in his office and he said, listen, I want to give you some advice. Um, he, he was actually in some books and movies. He represented some big time narco guys in Florida. And he said, this advice you need to do and don't deviate from this. If you're representing somebody like a narco, somebody who's connected, uh, he goes, there's one rule. He said, and it's, it's three parts. Um, do what you say you're going to do. Don't fuck their women. And don't steal their money. And if you do those things, you're going to be okay. I said, Judge, I'm good. Okay, we'll stick to those three rules. So, wow. Um, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he was a good guy. But uh, the, the point being, you, you know, you don't, you're a professional as an attorney. You don't mess around with people. You don't mess around with people's relationships, with their money, with whatever. You're being hired to get something done for them. And uh, and you have to keep that a little bit of professional distance, you know. Um, I don't believe as an attorney in partying with my clients, you know. Uh, we need to not be best friends. I need to be able to tell you at times, listen, you're fucking up. Or you need to do this. You need to not do that. And if we're bros, if we're out partying, drinking, it's a, it's a weird dynamic. So yeah, there needs to be a, a professional distance between lawyer and client. I think. So we, so we, from this podcast, uh, we're almost two hours in. Okay, and so we understand what you do, and we all have an opinion for what you shared with us of who you are, mm. who we who we think this man is as an individual, right? But Doug, I want to end it, the podcast with this: Who are you? Where did you come from? Who raised you? What put you in this path? Yeah, uh, grew up on the East Coast. Uh, did not grow up in California. And uh, it's funny because you you know you grow up on the East Coast, and what you know about California, like you guys are living it, but but what we know is what we see on TV. Yeah. You know, so I would watch Chips, and it's <laughs> yeah, a bunch of fruits and nuts. <laughs> And so fucking punch. It, it, it's January and I just shoveled the car out, you know, as a as a 16 year old. But but I see in California in January, you, you turn on the Rose Bowl and it's 72 and it's sunny. Pretty girls walking around. Everyone's happy working out. And uh, when you're a kid growing up, California has this mystique, you know, to the rest of the country. And that's why so many people come here from other places in, in the USA. They all come to Southern California. And so I was one of those kids. What kind of parents did you have, brother? Real good, real good. Mom and dad uh, stayed married, you know, and not that they didn't have any difficulties, but they What did they do? What was their trades or yeah, professions? Yeah, so my dad was a GM of a paper company, and my mom just raised us. You know? Okay, so, she was a so, stay-at-home mom. Yeah, so middle class, East Coast, and uh, and but I wanted to come out to California. And so I came out to college here. I was a water polo player. I was did, kind you, of, did you get a, a, a what do they call scholarship? it? Scholarship. Scholarship. Yeah, so I was. Sm I didn't start growing until later. I'm six three now, but at the time I was not, and uh, and so I played Division three, 
and I was pretty good for Division three, but probably wouldn't have made a Division one team. So school in L.A., uh, Occidental College up in Eagle Rock. Come on, baby. I'm yeah. from Highland Park. Oh, you are? I'm yeah. from Highland Park, yeah, bro. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. I love it over there. Yeah. yeah. I love it over there, too. I just can't afford it no more. Yeah, that's what happened. Land of the cholos and the trees. Eagle Rock. And the hipsters, sir. Yeah. Well, now. The hipsters moving into Eagle Rock. You can't afford it. It's crazy I can't afford it, bro. My pop still lives there right off of 50, but he's had that house forever, and he once upon a time ago tried to get the lottery ticket off it like everybody else was getting it. They owned the houses and survived the the, uh, recession uh, around, what was it, 2009, 10, something like that? 2009, yeah. Yeah, you know, the ones that survived that and didn't lose their home, then they they... had a lottery ticket in their hand that they can sell this house they bought for two hundred thousand for fucking a million dollars yeah. now or more. <laughs> or yeah. more, or yep. more yeah. so, so he, crazy. Why didn't he sell it? Um, I think the reason why my pops. So my pops is an interesting dude. My pops. So my mom is Mexican and my pops is Russian Jew. Mm. And my pops is originally from the East Coast too. He's from P- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm. He came out here and met this little Mexican girl in Lincoln Heights, bro. You know what I mean? And you know how it is, bro. The Mexican women out here are fucking beautiful, yeah, bro. Yeah, tell right. us about it, Doug. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know, like, bro, you got yourself a badass bitch out here that knows how to make them tacos and the she fucking cooks, all that she good cleans. shit. Yeah, you know, and she just a freak in the sheets um <laughs> so i guess my pops came out and found that shit out you know right. what i mean just like you did there's a lot of east coast dudes that do this um but anyway so my pops bought well, i remember in the 80s my pops took me to west la and he and he showed me a, a victorian house on bricks in a lot you know it was on bricks bro it was up on fucking yeah. like bricks you know and he goes he goes i just bought that house for five hundred dollars what <laughs> He told me that. I swear to God, bro. He bought the house in West L.A. for $500. And then so then my pops in Highland Park bought a lot on Elder Street, which is the steepest street in Los Angeles. And it came out of the newspaper. You guys can look this shit up. Um, and, and he moved that house from West L.A. to fucking the steepest street in Los Angeles, which is in Highland Park. And he... He fucking sat it there, and he fucking... He, he moved the whole house? He moved the whole house. With his bare hands? It, my pops is wired differently, bro. Yeah. We I can talk to you about my pops off air, because he's just a different dude. He's he, He'll pull up like you. Yeah. He'll pull up like you with a fucking uh, a, a jacket, open collar, and... Yeah, he's 78 years old. 78 yeah. years old now. And But anyways, he's just a different... He's a different dude, and but he just happened to be in the neighborhood with... His he son. Cool. He's you know, still over in Highland Park. He's still over in Highland yeah. Park. But anyway, so the, the reason why I'm, the reason why I'm getting at the, I'm, to answer your question. Mm. So when my pops put this house on this fucking hill, the house, bro. Since when I was a kid, you can be like, it, it wasn't it wasn't level. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it wasn't level, bro. <laughs> like you can easily run downhill yeah. on the second floor of this Victorian house that he ended up, you know, reef. Re, uh, what do you call it? Refurbishing? Refinancing or what do you No, refurbishing, remodeling, you know? And it was funny because we used to go to fucking like, uh, when I was a kid, we'd go to construction sites when they were, uh, (laughs) they were closed. And he'd be like, I think they're throwing away that wood right there. Yeah. You know? Grab it. And he goes, get out. Get that wood right there. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I think about it, that wood was neatly stacked up. 
He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a cool, he's he a crazy, like a good guy. he's a crazy Jew, bro, that fucked with everybody, bro. Yeah. He fucked with streets, he fucked with cops, he fucked with everybody. He was just a normal dude, bro. Yep. You know what I mean? He was a normal dude, you know, and anyways, he would, he, you would, you would blow, he, he would blow your mind that if I brought him in here and you'd be like, that's your dad right there. And he would fucking talk your ear off on some crazy ass shit on a different level. I want to meet him. Sounds like a good guy. One day, one yeah. day, brother. Who knows? You never know. Good. Um. I mean, hopefully not in that way. No, but no, but yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah, no, let's, I don't let's, want him to hire me. Let's, no, no, he wouldn't. He never. My pops is a fucking straight shooter. Free for your dad. You know, check it out. So, so just growing up, I, I, I want. I don't want to get off this, bro. I don't mm. want to get off this because I'm having a good time and we caught a cool vibe right here. We caught a cool wave, man. We taking this shit all the way down to the shore, baby. You know what I mean? And we smiling and we happy. Um, pops worked for GM. Moms was a stay at home mom. I mean, what made you get into the profession besides seeing the light of California? Yeah. I mean, I mean, how was that? What is the process of a young man pursuing this? this, this not everybody can pass the bar, bro. Mm, that that it's not that big a deal. Um, yeah. So so I, honestly, it's not. Um, I graduate from Occidental. And then I was bartending. I love that so much. Bro. Yeah, I was bartending We're homies, bro. for, yeah, it was the best job I ever had. Bartending? Uh, bartending. Where at? Were, you, were you at Johnny's, bro, in York, bro? No, I was down in San Diego at, in oh, one man. of the beach towns at a real nice place. And it was so fun. I mean, you got cash in your pocket every night. And, you know, everyone you're working with is cool. You go party afterwards down at the beach. Um, but I did that for, I don't know, six, seven years. And it got to a I'd always thought about law school, but it got to a point where if I'm going to do this, I got to do it. You got to take a, an exam called the LSAT. It's standardized, and I nailed that thing. I mean, I, I just nailed it. And so I got into some good schools. I stayed in San Diego. Um, while I was there, that's when I worked for the feds. And uh, um, that was really something. So I worked on the, the, they were prosecuting a U.S. congressman who took some bribes. And so I got assigned to that case. Wow. And that was heavy duty, you know, because it was one of the first prosecutions of a U.S. congressman. Wow. And uh, yeah, and then from there went to the DAs. So that's that's how it went down. Yeah. And how has been? How's the journey been, brother? You know, like, uh, do you, I mean, do you have kids? I don't have kids. Nope. Damn. Nope. You've been just no fucking kids. slaughtering shit. All <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully, with the, responsibly with a fucking rubber on, bro. <laughs> you should be sponsored by Trojan for real, bro. <laughs> I Jesus. hope my mom didn't watch this. <laughs> oh, man. Unless you're just shooting blanks, bro. I mean, can you have kids? Could I? I mean, can you have kids? I'm sure I could. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Just saying. I, mean, um, I, don't know if I, I, don't, I don't think that's in the cards for me. I'm, I don't have... I, I think you want kids uh, if you have that burning desire to have kids and be a parent, which I get. Um, but it just never was there for me. Hundred so, yeah. percent. I mean, you're about the business. Yeah. You're about the business. Yeah. I mean, I you man, I can imagine the life you're living, bro. Well, Fuck, no, it's probably yeah, like a. I like to travel, see the world, and and uh, and and do stuff like that. And you know, I love kids, but I just every time I'm around them, I'm glad that I get to leave. You know, <laughs> <laughs> every time. Like my my sister's uh, uh, son loved the kid, but I'm glad I get to go away. It's you work, know, bro. You gotta go work. to Bali it's afterwards. Work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. 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 It is a ton of work. Yeah. 
Doug, this has been oh, I had a good time. Amazing. Yeah, man. I had a great time. This has been amazing. So we got guys out we got guys in the audience that wanna know how they can get a hold of you. You said earlier just go to my your website. Yeah. If you Google me with attorney, you'll find me. Um, Doug Sherrod, attorney, Google me. My website, sheriddefense.com. But if you put in the show notes, they can just click on it. And I'll put it in the show notes, awesome. too. Cool. Thank you so much, hey, brother. Hey, thank you. I had a good time. Hey, I appreciate it. Man, this is this is probably one of my favorite in a cool minute, good. man. It's, and it's, it's good to have these, man. And good. just thank you so much. Everybody that's tapped in, like, subscribe. Uh, let them know we here. Uh, I see people still calling in, but, you know, we ended the phone calls. And thank you so much. You guys have a good week man be productive uh be good to your neighbors be good to your kids your family all that good stuff and smoke the stizzy baby don't play with it uh we love you guys we were out here